You want to say, well, uh, thanks for listening. This is a, the definition of a guardrail. We pass them all the time. Uh, we don't always notice them, but they're there. But this is the, the definition of a guardrail. It's a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. The, the key word is straying there. You don't go off in these areas that will bring a lot of damage. And really, the first week we talked about why guardrails are important when we're driving. And we, we, we said, you know, the idea of guardrails is you're going to do a little bit of damage to your vehicle, um, but you're, it's going to save you from a lot of damage. And that's kind of where we're taking this idea when it comes to our lives, saying what kind of guardrails can we put in our lives that would keep us from straying into dangerous areas that would bring a lot of damage. Remember, a little bit of damage, a little bit of uh, something that bugs your conscience, something that, that bothers you, is better than a lot of damage where you have to carry guilt, shame, and other things that come with that. And so we said, let's, that's the definition of a guardrail that we drive by, but we'll, let's change a, a definition of a guardrail for us in this series. And this is kind of the new definition that we're, we're working from, is that a guardrail is a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. So this idea that we put these standards of behavior that says we won't do this, we won't go beyond this when it comes to relationships, when it comes to, uh, last week we talked about sexuality, when it comes to sex, we won't go beyond these, these limits. We're putting these boundaries to help us stay healthy and good. And, and these boundaries are tied to, a, a, a conscience, or to our conscience, where we bump up against those, we begin to say, oh wow, that, that's a dangerous area, that, that can lead to something dangerous. And guardrails aren't always in the most dangerous parts of the road or parts of where we drive by. Uh, they're, they're, they, they're to keep us away from those areas of danger and areas of potential death or, or harm. And so uh, we said, let's, let's create these, these standards. Robert did a great job talking about relationships. I'm actually going to say this again. It's so important. If you have a friend that doesn't care about their life, don't expect them to care about your life. All right? key principle, one of, the, one of the main principles that he talked about that second week about relationships is when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to, um, to your finances, if they don't care about those things in their life, you, they're not going to care about your life. And so set guardrails around when it comes to relationships that, that impact you. Last week we talked about sexuality. And, and Paul told us in 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 18 through 20, he says when it comes to sexual immorality, he pretty much just said run away. Don't even mess with that stuff. Run away. Uh, great message last week. Especially, so if, if you're a young person, college student, uh, this, this this, this series can save you from a ton of regrets, a ton of bad choices. If you're not a student, it still can save you from a ton of regrets. And in fact, as we go through this series, many people, the regrets that we have in life, as we talk about this, you go, yep, I wish somebody had told me that. I wish I could, man, somebody would save me a lot of regret and pain if I would listen to that. We're trying to do that. We're trying to say, let's put some guardrails to save us from any future um, decisions that would hurt us. So when it comes to, to doing um, uh, the way culture views sex is different than the way God views sex. And we talked about that last week. So I would encourage you to go and, and listen to that one. Uh, we said last week that nothing in God is addictive. Um, you know, nobody gets addicted to reading the Bible. Nobody gets addicted to prayer. Nobody gets addicted to coming to church. And, and this is key because he wants us to choose it, not be forced to do it. Now, when it comes to other things, they're highly addictive, and it becomes controlling of our lives. God doesn't want something in our lives that's going to control us. He wants something in our lives that we choose uh, to, to have in our lives. And that's the difference between the enemy and God. God is a good shepherd that leads. Enemy is a, is a horrible enemy that wants us to be addicted and, and, and stuck. And so we talk about intimacy, how when, it, when, it's, when, it's, you're, when you're exclusive with one person, that actually fuels intimacy and relationships. And that's why it's so important. Because doing it outside of God's standards, we, could, we invite a lot of uh, damage into relationships and into our lives, even into our bodies. And so he says, do, do it my way. So this is week four, uh, part four, and uh, we're talking about family matters. And the reason we're talking about family matters is because we believe that families matter. 
They matter to God. They matter to our society. They matter to this church. And so we want to have strong families. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, some, some stuff about marriage, relationships with our family, our kids. Um, if, if you're here, maybe you're single, you don't have some of that yet. Man, pay attention so you can, you can learn. Um, but some of these principles, they'll apply in business and relationships that you are leading places um, at your workplace. So, so be filtering through those things saying, well, what can I learn from this, this lesson today that will help me to have a better future and to, and to make wise choices? So... Um, I, I learned this truth a while back. I had a mentor who told me, he said, Eric, um, I asked him some questions. He, he, worked, he worked in church for years. He's been a pastor for, uh, he's been a pastor longer than I've been alive. And so I asked him this question. I said, well, how, you know, you, you, you encounter a lot of people that just make dumb decisions. And, and they willfully in, in, in choose to do these things. That are just, they're just dumb. They're stupid. And I said, how do you not become hard towards people? And he said, Eric, I learned this truth that people are people. And we're all just one decision away from stupid. And he said, and I was like, well, we're all one decision away from that. That's pretty good. And he said, and it, as long as you keep that in your heart, you'll realize that you're just as susceptible to do something foolish like they are. We're all just one decision away from stupid. How many of you guys want to, you know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, today, I'm going to invite stupid into my life, right? I'm going to jack everything up. I want it here. We don't wake up and say that. But a lot of times because we don't have a plan and we get caught in the emotion, we get caught in the feelings, we make dumb choices. So um, we're all just one decision away from stupid. That's important to know because there's wisdom in that. That's not a a negative statement. That could be a very positive statement because it tells us this week, I really better be careful of the decisions I make. Today, I I should be careful what I allow in my life because it could lead to really bad consequences. Um, Because here's the truth. What you create in your life or allow into your life It's either going to bless you or it's going to curse you. Every single thing you allow into your life and create, um, it will either bless you or it will curse you. Every single decision will bring blessings or curses into your life. It will bring goodness or it's going to bring a lot of pain and hurt. Um, We're free to choose, but we're not free from the consequences of those choices. You know, we, want the, we love the choice of being able to do anything we want, but we have to live with the consequences of each choice that we make. And that's really important because every, every choice we make will have some kind of consequence, negative or positive. Uh, the good news is, even though we're all one decision away from stupid, uh, we're all one decision away from better. And this is really good news because if you're going down that path of stupid right now and you're thinking, I've made some really bad choices, you are just one choice and one step away from making your life better. So why don't we figure out what does better look like and what is that and let's start taking those steps. And before you know it, you're going to begin to realize, man, my life is getting better. Like there's, there's improvements happening all around me. Um, the question is not in the future what, what you're going to experience. It's not you're, that you're going to experience something. It's what are you going to experience, good or bad, positive or negative. Will, will the culture and the, the thing that you create within your family, within your workplace, will it overtake you and consume you in a negative way? Or will it overtake the, the culture in your life and bless you in some way? And that's really what we're talking about today is, is when it comes to family matters, we have, to, we have to be intentional about making the choices that are going to lead to better, not to stupid. Are you with me? So this is really a wisdom series. We've used a lot of Proverbs, and we, we, we're, in fact, Robert, the, the Relation Ones series, he gave us the definition of stupid, right, or a fool. Um, go listen to that if you haven't heard it. It's good. Um, and then he gave a definition of a wise person. So guardrails, they're not here just to protect. When we drive down the roads, yeah, they're, they're here to protect us from going off into the, into, the, into the ditches, off the bridges, right? We see the guardrails. They're not here just to protect us from going off. They're also there to guide us, Right? It's an indication that you shouldn't be driving that way because there's something that could be potential there for, for danger. And so they're here to protect, but they're also to direct our lives. 
As we set guardrails, we're really saying, all right, I want to stay on the path that God has me. If you can imagine a highway, your life is a highway. Life is a highway. Right? Okay. <laughs> Robert sang the second week. That was a great song, by the way, Robert. And then last week, we were talking about sexuality. Sincerity said, you should talk about, and there's a song. And I was like, I don't know if I can sing that one. So we didn't sing it, but I said enough to make, you, make myself blush and make myself red. That was funny. So if I embarrassed you, I'm sorry. I embarrassed myself. All right? Um, so life is a highway. Just imagine this life is a highway. We're going down it, and, and there's all these choices we have to make, all these turns. Um, and, and people are always pointing out, don't go that way. That's danger. Don't even mess with that. And a lot of times the danger in pointing out a danger is people say, what? That, that doesn't look too bad. And they take their eyes off where they're supposed to go, and they begin to, to follow that. But if you're on this highway, you, you want to stay going down it. Well, guardrails are going to help direct our lives. Um, there's things we could put in our lives. Uh, like if we can imagine the, the white lines that go on, 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 the, on the highway or on the street and the road. Those could be things that you put in your life that help keep you moving forward. I believe church is a great way to keep a line on the road saying, hey, every week I'm going to make sure I'm tracking the way God wants me to. Prayer and reading your Bible can be a line on the road saying, hey, you need to keep following the path God has for you. Um, as we invite relationships, small groups, they're there to help move us forward. So um, they're there to protect. They're also there to keep us from, from dangers, to guide our lives. Uh, guardrails, that we, when we put standards of behavior and say we're going to live by God's standards and his ways, um, they help us to know God's will for our lives. I, I know every single person will know, well, God had to put me here for a reason. What exactly is that? Well, when we begin to put standards that keep us away from the danger zones, we actually begin to find the purpose for our life that God has, and they help direct our lives in that. Um, the truth about standards, we call them, this, this series we're calling guardrails, um, is that they're going to earn you respect in the lives of people that have the same value system and appreciate those standards. People are going to be like, wow, that, that's awesome that you do that. that that's pretty tough. You know, the ones we talked about relationships last week when it came to sexuality, of, of, um, if you're a married person, don't be alone with a single person of the opposite sex. And don't set yourself up as a guardrail. Well, people that appreciate those and have those standards, like that's really, that's really commendable. That's great. People that don't appreciate it, you'll actually get criticism. When you put standards, you're going to accept, you know, some praise from people that, that, that agree with you. But those that don't, they're going to say, that's too extreme. You're too conservative, whatever it is. And they, they start making these statements. They're, you're going to get criticism. You have to choose. Are, are you willing to be able to push through those criticisms because you see a better future down the road? Or will those criticisms and what culture says, says to, tells us, make us choose different. So um, let, me, let me tell you a story. I, uh, there's a young lady that was in our ministry that we had when Sincerity and I, uh, Sarah and I had been married 13 years. And uh, when we first started ministry, there was, there was a, a young lady that was a part of one of our teams that we were on. And we were, we were leading this, this lady. We had, we had a good relationship, good friendship. And um, um, in, in the process of, of just, you know, building relationships, uh, my wife, she, she just warned me and said, I see something that's, that could be potential there that, for danger. Um, just be careful. And at first, I'm like, I'm a pastor. My job, you know, to, to help people along this path and all this stuff. And over and over, she'd say, I, I, just, just warning, warning signs, you know, maybe a red flag or a yellow flag saying, just be careful. And at first, you know, we're young. I'm thinking, maybe she's just jealous, you know. I'm, I'm not really, I didn't step any over li- any lines, you know, being very, uh, very respectful, all that. But she just, she warned me. So after a while, I said, okay, well, if I can't, you know, lead her and, and help her, then you have to step in and kind of help her with that. They're, they're friends of ours. So uh, my wife began to build a good relationship. Well, it, um, within a few years of having this relationship, uh, this, this friend of ours, she ha- ended up having an affair um, with, with another uh, married, married man. Um, and just it was horrible. And when, it, when, it, when it, I found out about that, there was a part of me, I was broken because of it. We, we knew the people. Um, but this other part of me actually had this, this big sigh of like, 
oh man, like that reality of like, oh wow, that could have been me. I, I was one decision away from stupid if I would have let my emotions or my pride or whatever go that way. And I remember when, when that happened, I was like, sincerity, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for telling me to put these guardrails. Um, it wasn't a bad person. Just they, 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 they didn't have standards of behavior that they were living by, and they crossed a line they shouldn't have crossed, and it brought a lot of damage and hurt and pain. And I remember that, that realization of, oh, wow, that could have been me. And I'm, I never, to this day, I don't regret putting up standards, guardrails in that relationship. Um, did people understand it? No, not necessarily. Do I regret those? No, I didn't, I'm so glad that I was able to put that because that could have been me. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 27, 12 says, the prudent, they see danger and take refuge. But the simple, or we can say the foolish person or the stupid person, okay? The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the fool or the simple keep going and suffer for it. A wise person sees that something is coming down the road and they, they get out of the road, they get out of the way. A wise person sees where that path's going to lead down the ditch over a cliff and death. And they say, I'm going to get off of this path. It's not a wise path to get off of. A wise person says, That's, those are danger areas. I'm going to put guardrails to help protect my relationship with people, protect my relationship with God, protect my relationship with others. A wise person. When, when my wife helped me to, to notice those things, essentially what she was saying is, there's danger there. I think we need to put a guardrail here. And the guardrail is way, way, way outside of the, what, what really could have happened. Does that make sense? Like there was nothing inappropriate that took place, but it was, it was saying, I need to guard my time and be careful with this relationship. And she told me, you need to put a guardrail there. And I said, all right, you're, you're my wife. Uh, I'm going to honor you. I'm gonna, we're going to do this. And so we put a guardrail so we'd be careful of this. There's, there's danger there. And because of that, I, was, I was, didn't make the, the mistake of going over the side and getting there. So um, here's some guardrails that, thank you, man. Am I, thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert. So putting guardrails. So here's some, some guard when it comes to relation, marriage, when it comes to family. I'm going to give you some ideas for guardrails. Here's the thing that we've been saying is it has to be a personal standard of behavior. You have to choose this for your life. We're giving some good ones that we think you should implement, but you essentially have to tell, you choose this, and then you essentially have to tell people around you that that is a guardrail, that you won't do that. All the guardrails I gave last week, I practiced those. I don't do those because I know that there can be potential for danger, and I don't want to destroy my family. I don't want to destroy my ministry. I don't want to destroy my life. And so it's wisdom to say, even though people don't understand, people don't, might not agree, this is, this is the standard for my life. This is the standard for my life. So choose personal standards of behavior. Become a wise person that says, all right, I'm going to listen to others. I'm going to learn these things. You know, I don't understand them because um, we're all one decision away from stupid. And... We're all one decision away from better if we choose those. So here's some, here's some guardrails that we could put in our life when it comes to relationships and, and marriage and family. And this applies to business too. Get feedback from those who will have to live with the consequence of your decision. If you're going to make a decision and, and there's potential for others to have to live with this decision, get feedback from them. Uh, when it comes to, to um, our relationships that we have, I, I always ask sincerity what she thinks about these decisions that are impact her life. I go to her and I say, all right, let's just talk to this. What do you think? Sometimes it's kind of give and go. You know, it's like give and take. It's, well, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. The reason I include her in that because she's going to live with it. 
Before we started the Grove, man, we had a lot of conversations about this because I don't want this to be my idea and force us into something that's going to be really challenging and tough without her on board, without her um, to, with us together. And so I included her in that decision because she's going to have to live with the consequences of, you know, long days and hard work, whatever it is that comes with that. So maybe when it comes to sometimes when it comes to um, some of the people that we have on our lead team for the church, I ask sincerely about those. What do you think about this? We, this person, how do you think? And I include her in that. You know, is there any like that when she gave me a warning beforehand? Are there any of those? Do I have to be careful with this relationship? You know, what, what do I have to do to, to guard it? And I include her in those because I, I respect her opinions and I help her. Um, because inappropriate relationships at, at work or at, in ministry, whatever it is that we're at, they can have undesirable outcomes in our home and in our family. So why not include the people in those decisions? Uh, if you're, you're a boss, you know, and your, your decision is going to impact your employees, why not include some of those employees that it's going to impact in those decisions so you can have a healthy relationship, a healthy work environment? Same principle. Because it will impact or affect some, someone in our lives. So bring them into the conversation. That's kind of the guardrail is set up guardrails by saying, I'm not going to make decisions that will impact others without first asking them. It's a guardrail. How can you stay down a healthy path? Another guardrail is when it comes to marriage and family, uh, get in a small group. And beyond that, everybody, get in a small group because this is a way to share life with others. Maybe your sta- same stage of life or people that are um, a little ahead of you, you learn from them. There's people that are maybe following behind, you, you lead them. This is a way to share life with people. Small groups help keep you accountable. Um, it's a place where you can pray together, where you can uh, get understanding, biblical understanding, understanding of, of how things work, to get support, to get accountability, to get friendship. So a guardrail in your life, having, having groups in, that you choose around you that will help you be strong is really important. Uh, when it comes to, to finances, this is one of the biggest areas when it comes to what, what causes stress in, in relationships and marriages, um, and in, I'm sure even in your life. When it comes to finances can create some of the most stress in, in our life because of the, the hardest things. Well, when it comes to that, why don't you make a plan? We call it a budget. A budget is just telling your money where to go. Create a budget and then live by that budget. It's kind of like you're saying this is the path we're going to walk down. And then whoever you're, you're doing the decisions with, you, you get an agreement, you and your spouse. And you say this is the path we want to go. What do we need to change? What do we need to do? And then we just begin to walk down that, that, that plan. You live it out. You make a plan. And once you have a plan, it's easier to say, no, we can't say yes to this uh, because we're saying yes to this. We need to say no to this thing because it's only going to do the opposite of what we want to do. Um, make, that, make that plan. In fact... One of, the, one of the laws to peace is called prior agreement. You have to have prior agreement if you want peace in your marriage and in your life. Um, there has to be prior agreement. Amos says, how can two people walk together unless they have agreed upon destination? This idea that if you and the person you're walking with, your, your spouse, your husband, your wife, as you walk down, if, if you're not agreed upon the destination, you're going to be going all the different directions in life. So get the agreed upon destination. Say, this is what we want. We want to we have, uh, we want to avoid debt. We want to be generous at one point where we could be really generous with, with our finances. We'll make, that, make a plan to figure out how to do that. We want to, we want to be able to um, uh, put a plan in place that gets us to that, to that desti- destination. And so, so in the area where there's potential for, for disagreement, man, get, get prior agreement. If there's a place that you say, well, I know we're going to fight about this, before you have to fight, say we're going to do this. Let's make this the plan. And then you take away all the, the options of saying of adding more. It's figuring out how to make margin. You know, margin in your life means you don't use it all. You save some. That way, when something does come that's very difficult, you know, an emergency, you don't have to freak out over it because you've been saving for it. That's having a plan. It's called a budget. Okay? So an agreed upon plan. 
That way you can, you can do all these things. And you have, the reason a budget's important and have agreed upon destination is because it breaks the power of greed in your life. Greed is this idea that it's all for my consumption. Like everything I earn is for me. And we know the Bible doesn't teach that at all. In fact, the reason you are blessed is because God wants to use you to bless others. And when you bless others, your life is then blessed even more. It works. It's a principle. When you're a blessing, when you're, when you're generous, it invites more generosity in your life. It invites more health and wholeness into your life. So learn how to do that. Prior agreement. All right. So uh, creating a budget to live by. Set a schedule. When you have a schedule you have to, to, to uh, live by, it helps bring freedom to your family. You know, how many, how many meals are you going to have as a family together? Is that on Tuesday night? Is that a Wednesday night? Is it Monday through Friday night? So if, if you're having dinner every night, that means what time do you need to be home every week? You know, maybe your spouse agreed to, agree to, to be, at a, be at a certain place every Monday at a certain time or every Tuesday, whatever it is. Just make a plan and then stick to that plan and live by that plan because when you set a schedule, it will help protect and guard those things that God has entrusted you with. Uh, it'll guard it'll guard it when it comes to the tasks tasks that God calls us to 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 live through and uphold and accomplish in our lives. Uh, schedule with our family. You know um, how much how much quality time do you need to spend with each kid? Make a plan. Put it on the calendar. Be intentional about it. Because I promise, when you set guardrails when it comes to managing your time, managing uh, how, how your schedule, you won't regret pouring into your kids when they're out of the house. You'll be like, man, I'm so glad I put guardrails there to say I need to protect this. Because when it comes to work and family, uh, neither of them will be fully satisfied ever. Like you're essentially, maybe it's not the best way to say it, but you're going to have to cheat in one of those areas. So the question is, are you going to cheat your family so you can work more? Or are you going to cheat your work so you can have your family more? Maybe cheat's not the best word, but if you understand what I'm saying, you have to choose what's going to – if something's going to hurt, don't make it your family. Because work will go away, your family's going to stay. Work will eventually move on, and you have a family still that you want to have strong and healthy. So set a schedule. Uh, have agreed upon time. When it comes to, to marriage, part of that schedule should be maintaining uh, your, your relationship with your spouse. We call these dates, right? Have you had, had a date lately? Yeah? What? None of you had a date? Lori, Lori, raise your hand. Thank you. All right. So you haven't had a date lately. Nobody raised their hand. A lot of people didn't raise their hand. Go on a date this week with your wife, right? It's important. Sincerity, we're going to go on a date this week. Let's go on a date. All right. So um, this is going to be good. So you maintain it, maintain a, um, a healthy relationship by having dates. We could say it this way. Make your home a marriage-centered um, family, not a kid-centered family. Um, you don't want to have a kid CEO in your house. I'm just telling you, you don't. But I see a lot of people that do. Everything revolves around the kid. The kid is the CEO of the house. And really, it's not healthy because here, here's why. The best thing you can give your kids is a healthy marriage. It is. The absolute best thing, better than money. You, if you give your, your kids a, a, an example of a healthy relationship, healthy marriage, they're going to succeed. And they're going to do better in their marriage and better in their relationships because you give that. In fact, psychologists say your kids care more that you love each other as a, as a husband and wife than that you love them. I mean, loving them is important. But if they see you loving each other, that does more for them emotionally and their development than, than anything else you can do. It's so, so, so important that you make it a marriage-centered, not a kid-centered. They need to see that, man, the family, that how the marriage goes, that's the way the family goes. Keep marriage, marriage a priority by scheduling time to continue to nurture that relationship through dates, through outings. Maybe once a year you go to a marriage conference, you, you, you get in a small group that's about marriage. We have one. Thursday nights, right? Is it Thursday nights, Chris? Marriage group on Thursday nights. It's a great one. Um, get in one of those. Begin to, to grow and learn. Um, 
And this, this is why when, when we talk about guardrails, we're not just setting guardrail for guardrail's sake to be, um, to be um, extreme or, or to make it more in our life that's going to complicate it. We're really doing it because we're saying there's a lot of potential for damage and danger on the sides, in the ditches. And you really don't want to find yourself in those ditches in any one of these areas. So instead of ending up there, choose to protect it by saying, I will not go there. I will not go over the cliff. I will not go over that into that area because I am going to put standards of behavior, standards that are going to direct my life and help me. See, some people think, well, God will just protect me. He'll keep me safe. Yes, he will. And the way he does it is by saying, put things in your life that are going to keep you going down the right path so you don't go off into the sides. And he'll help us. He warns us when we go off to the sides. It's part of why we tie it to conscience. Holy Spirit, he, t- he nudges us and says, hey, that's probably not a good idea. You shouldn't be doing that. You need to heed that and listen to that, not ignore that voice. See, so this series that we're talking about, really, this is where we get it from, Ephesians. Paul tells us in Ephesians, this is a city that, that it was uh, amoral. So there was, there was no morals. There, anything went. You, you, when it came to sexuality, part of, part of the way they lived, anything went. It was, it was a free-for-all, just have your way. And he, go, he, he writes a pastor in the church and says, well, when it comes to, 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 to culture, here's what I want you to do. He says, be very careful then how you live. This is Ephesians 5, starting 15. Be very careful in how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Be wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, or we could say the days are dangerous. When, when, when anything is acceptable in culture, you're in a dangerous spot because there's nobody to tell you you shouldn't do that. That's wrong. And throughout the Bible, God says over and over, no, these, these things are wrong because it'll lead to this. He's not trying to keep something good from us. He's trying to keep us in something good, something better. Health and wholeness. Free from regret, free from guilt, free from shame. That's what he wants. He's a good father. He's trying to lead us down this path. So he says, make the most of every opportunity. Live as a wise people. Be intentional about how you, how you run your family, how you run your business, how you run your, uh, your schedule, how you organize all that. Be intentional. Put the guardrails you need to have. Um. Because we, we, we receive and allow guidance from, from the, the standards we put in our lives. They help direct us. Uh, they, help, they help us. They help direct what God wants to do in our lives when we establish strong guardrails. God uses those to keep directing us in that. So when it comes to um, putting these standards, I guess this would kind of be the prayer that I would like to, to teach you to pray. Uh, a very practical prayer that whenever you're facing, whatever it is in life that you're facing, it, it, essentially, you're inviting God to help you see the danger. Remember, Proverbs says a wise person sees danger coming and takes refuge. Here's a prayer that you can ask God to help you with. So it, it, we would, this is the prayer that I would encourage you to, to maybe learn or to pray. You would say, Lord, help me or help us, if your family, see danger coming before it gets here. God, help us to see the danger. And if there's something down the road, help me to see it. And when I see it, give us or give me the wisdom to know what to do, and the courage to do it. Setting standards in your life takes a lot of courage, especially if you've never had them in certain areas of your life that you know are just wrong and that are keeping you from God's best. It's going to take a lot of courage because it says, I'm going to have to draw essentially a sand in the line saying, I won't go here. And they won't see the guardrail. They just see somebody saying, I won't go here. And they're going to be like, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense. You need courage to be able to say, I'm not going to do this. I won't participate in this. And throughout the last four weeks, we've given you a lot of things that, that, that encourage you to say, there's standards we need to live by. Because when you live outside of that, you bring pain, you bring hurt, 
You bring all kinds of stuff in your life. And here's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about church and being a pastor is I have the ability to be speak in front of people and say, please, listen to God's word. He will save you from a life of pain, a life of regret. And when you get to the end of life, you're going to look back at it and say, I am so glad I lived God's way. You don't have to worry about all the regrets on the sides of us all the time because he's directing us, he's guiding us. But it's a choice that we have. So the right guardrails, they help us make the best use of our time, of our finances, and we strengthen our families and other relationships when we have strong guardrails. So you put the right ones in place, it's going to direct, it's going to protect, and help you succeed in life. So today, this is your fourth chance. Here's your fourth chance to begin to say, God, help me to have standards, the right standards, the right behaviors, the right standards that are connected of behavior that are connected to conscience. So I bump up against it. Um, after that, that encounter that sincerity had when we were first in our ministry, I now, when I bump up against being alone with somebody that's the opposite sex, that's, I, something lights up and says, warning, be careful. And I go back to that, that experience of saying, be careful with this. Be careful. It, it bothers us a little bit. So this is your fourth chance. And just remember this. No one ever regrets a guardrail in their lives. No one ever regrets it. You will never regret putting a guardrail in your life that's protecting you from, from an area of danger. No one's going to say, I wish I had more baggage for my past. Man, I really, I really wish I had to avoid more people in this town. Like, man, I, I really wish when I went to Walmart, like, there was a lot of people I had to avoid. And I really wish that, you know, my, my, my husband or my wife ran in those people that, you know, that, I, that, that make it really awkward and uncomfortable. No one says that. When you carry baggage and you carry all that, you have to worry about those things. But when you have the right guardrails, you don't have to worry. It takes away the worry. You don't avoid. You don't have to regret. You just get to live with peace. So here's our challenge for today. Create personal standards. We're, we're changing this a little bit. Before it was just create a personal standard in your life. Now I'm saying create personal standards. Like if you have to write these standards down, write them down. Tell somebody about them. Begin to put them in your family, in your business, in your home. When it comes to what you watch on TV, when it comes to what you surf on the internet. You need to put standards in your lives. You need to put guardrails that protect you. And sometimes the guardrail is not the extreme of I won't do that big thing, but rather what is the thing that's going to lead to that thing? So if you're addicted to something, it's not I'm just going to avoid that thing. It's going to, you need to put a guardrail that says I'm going to avoid anything that could lead to that thing. And that's your guardrail. So I'm not going to even mess with this. And you invite people to help you be accountable to those standards of behavior. So create personal standards of behavior that will become a matter of conscience and then tell somebody about it. Invite people into the conversation with you. God wants to guard your relationships. He wants you to have health. And the way he does it is by saying, follow the path I have for you. Put these things in your life. Here's the good news. And this is very good news. In fact, they call it the gospel. You know, the, the first three books of the Bible of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke John. Uh, I guess four are there. Um, <laughs> if I could count. So they're called the Gospels. It, it is the good news. The good news. A gospel means the good news. God came to bring humanity in the world good news. And the news is you don't have to live in the ditches. You don't have to live over the sides of the cliff where everything is damaged and broken and, and, and hurt. There's a better way. There's a better way. You don't have to live far from God. You don't have to live with regret and shame and all that pain. There's a better way. And he invites us and says, wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself in life, I invite you to come back to a smooth path. I invite you to come back to, to a place that I can lead you. 
down this, this, this road of life. And he invites us and says, would you join me in this? This is why Jesus came to earth, to give us a, a, an example and a better way to live. And he also came to make it right for us to be able to have a relationship with God again. So the Bible says that when we choose to go off into the ditches and off the cliffs, that we break relationship with God by sinning, that we break that relationship. But Jesus came to said, I want to bring freedom. I want to bring healing to your life. I want to help you make better choices. And essentially the cross is a bridge saying, I want to bring you back to God. And that's why as Christians we celebrate what God is. Throughout the Bible, Paul's writing to the Ephesians. Uh, uh, Solomon's writing through Proverbs to other people saying, don't do what I did. One of the reasons he was so wise is because he did everything that was stupid. And then he wrote about it and said, don't do it. Learn from my mistakes. Don't do it. I mean, God gave him wisdom to understand smart things, but then he kind of was, you know, those decisions to stupid, he chose them, and then he came back and said, all right, it wasn't worth it, don't do it. Don't write the book at the end of your life saying, don't do this, don't do this, because I was there, but rather say, man, don't do this, because I can tell you that I don't have those regrets because I didn't do them, and I was able to make it past those things. So the good news is wherever you find yourself today, God is inviting you to come back. And he doesn't, he's not waiting for you to be perfect, He's not waiting for you to have it all together and have a perfect family or business. He's not waiting for your finances to get back in order. He's saying, wherever you are, I want you to come home. And it's an awesome. He's an awesome God. It's, it's beautiful. Throughout the Bible, it's about grace. It's about mercy. It's about compassion. It's about a loving Father that says he's looking for us to return. And even though we've left and we're far away, he's saying, would you come back home? And I think some of you are here today. And as I talk about maybe some of these guardrails, you might have some of those regrets. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to say there is actually healing in those now. God wants to use those for something good. He wants to take your hurt and your pain and help the next generation not experience all your hurt and pain. And if you'd be willing to say, man, I want, I want God to use my past. I want him to use my life. He'll take the broken pieces and make something beautiful out of them. He will. He takes everything I mess up and he uses it for good. He's an awesome God, amazing, amazing Father. And so if you're here today and you have hurt, there's forgiveness for you. If you have shame or guilt, there's forgiveness for you. And there's hope in God saying, now change direction. In fact, we use the, we use the word in, in the Bible is used as repent. It's to change directions from the direction you're going. Get away from, don't go down the ditches, don't go to the, over the cliff. Change direction and go God's way. And God says when you repent, there's forgiveness, there's healing, there's, there's a new start for you. So if you're, would you do me a favor, would everybody close your eyes and bow your head tonight today? If you're here today and you say, I want to follow God's way for my life, and I'm far from God, I have a lot of brokenness, I have a lot of hurt, I have pain, whatever it is, or maybe you're just here saying, I just need help. I'm looking for answers, and I would like God to direct my life. Bible calls it, you give, you give him lordship of your life. He becomes your boss, your CEO, your, your director, your shepherd. And you say, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your way. And I'm going to turn from my way and go back your way. If you're here today and you want to make that decision, would you just lift your hand? I won't call you down. I won't embarrass you. Awesome. I'm not going to embarrass you make you come to the front. I just want to give you an opportunity to say, God, I need your help. Today I choose better. I choose wisdom. Awesome. Anybody else here today? Just lift your hand and say, I'm here. I need help. And the beauty is God wants to bring something to your life that's going to be amazing. 
for you that raised your hand, would you, would you just pray this prayer with me? It's a simple prayer, just inviting God into your life to lead and direct. It's a prayer that says, I, I ask for forgiveness. I confess my part of this. And I want your healing. So if you raise your hand, would you pray, pray this prayer with me? If you're a believer, would you pray with me to encourage them? Just leave it, say this prayer. Say, Father God, today I choose better. Forgive me of being foolish. Forgive me of making choices that are contrary to your word. Would you bring healing to my life? Would you bring peace? I believe that you died on that cross for me. For my sins. So that I can be saved. So that I can have a way back to you. Today I invite you into my life. Would you lead me? Would you be God over me? Would you help me? Fill me with wisdom today to see what's down the road and to have the courage to take refuge. I invite you to lead me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I saw a ton of hands. Can we celebrate those today? best decision of your life.